welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Beth and we trust you had a glorious weekend. That's it. And we got a great scripture to start for you, start the week for you. That's right because we're going to have a fearless week. A fearless year. That's right. 1 Samuel 23, 17. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You shall be king over Israel and I will be second to you. Even my father, Saul, knows this. Wow. And David was protected. Yes, he was. On today's call, we're going to discuss, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Now, is there a question you want answered, but you aren't sure who to ask or how they'd respond? If you were giving a personal invitation to ask someone wealthy or successful one question, who would you ask? But more importantly, what would the question be? Have you written it down? If you could ask me one question, what would it be? In reading a red-letter edition of the Bible, you'll find that Jesus asked over 173 questions during his earthly ministry. While we found the number of questions that Jesus asked very interesting, we also found why he asked them to be profound. God asked questions. Because he wants his listeners, his children, to think if it facilitates the learning process in each of us. Jesus asked 37 rhetorical questions of himself. So on today's call, let's talk about seven of those questions. Let's do it. Number one, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? John 138, 138, a living Bible. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. Sir, they replied, where do you live? Do you really know what you're looking for or what you want? We're going to encourage you to make a list of seven things that you want in life right after you get off this call. And if at all, do it if at all possible. But don't delay. Make your list immediately. Don't overthink your answers. Just start writing. God knows if what you're putting on paper is really what's living in your heart. And here's the bottom line. If you don't know what you want out of life, you're never going to get it. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're never going to find it. In Ecclesiastes 9.10, 9.10, first part of the scripture says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. See, the Bible is telling us that whatever we plan to do, Get in there and do it. Be specific about it and do it. The remainder of Ecclesiastes 9.10 brings out a very good point. It says, For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. The point of the scripture is you can only accomplish things on this earth while you're living. So you'd better get to it. Mm-mm. Number two, do you understand all these things? We heard someone say years ago that you can't have faith for what you don't have knowledge of. So true. That's why we tell you every day, read that Bible. Jesus wanted to make sure that everyone understood what he was teaching and the questions he answered. Matthew thirteen fifty one. 
<clears throat> Matthew 13, verse 51 says, Jesus said unto them, Have you understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. The more you hear something, the more you will understand it. Romans 10, 17, 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Is Dr. Fred Price, and we like to say it when we got connected with him, boy, in the 80s, Yes. It says, faith cometh by, he would love to say this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And we haven't lost that concept ever since. You've got to be in the word every day yeah. if you want to make it in life. That's it. Proverbs 2, 11 through 9. Excuse nine, me. Nine <laughs> Proverbs 2. Made me make that 9 through 11 too early in the morning over here. Right. Proverbs 2, verses 9 through 11 in the New Living Translation says, Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. Mm. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. I have a scripture that goes well with that. We, I, I read this morning, should have put in there. When you gain understanding, you gain so much more. Proverbs 1.5, 1.5 in the classic Amplified says, The wise will also hear and increase in learning, and the person of understanding will acquire skill and attain to sound counsel, so that he may be able to steer his course rightly. Wow, that's good. <clears throat> Number three, do you really believe... I can do this. Mm, that's a good question. Matthew 9, 27 through 29. 9, 27, 29. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. When he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe you that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. The more pressing question for us is not whether or not Jesus can heal the sick, but do we really believe it will manifest in our lives as well? That's right. We've heard our friend and mentor, <coughs> Dr. Mike Murdoch, say years ago that there is a difference you love saints. I do. There is a difference in the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. Believing in the person of Jesus will give eternal life. Believing in the principles of Jesus will give the abundant life now and all his promises being fulfilled in your life. Hebrews 11.6, 11.6, classic amplified. But without faith, it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Believe that God will do what he says he'll do for you. Amen. Number four, do you really think I want you to worry? Well. In Matthew 6, 28 through 30. Matthew 6, 28 through 30, in the New Living Translation, it says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
We did a teaching a number of years ago entitled 15 Things to Do Instead of Worry. In fact, it's on a CD somewhere. Today, though, we're only going to share seven of these, which, well, will help you keep worry out of your life. Yes. The number one thing. Yes. Read your Bible. Do what it says. Amen. Number two, enter into his presence through prayer. Number three, read books that motivate you to trust God more. Number four, listen to MP3s or other teachings that inspire you. Number five, get plenty of rest relative to what your body requires. Number six, plan your work and work your plan. And number seven, avoid the tyranny of the urgent, doing everything at the last minute as if time is running out. So who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? In Matthew 6.27, New Living Translation, it says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You know, anytime we start to worry, we just need to quote Psalm 23.1. This in the classic Amplified, it says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. And there are so many more that are just as good as that one. Yes, it is. Well, that's a great translation of it. Number five, who touched me? Luke 8, 45 through 47. Luke 8, 45 through 47. Classic Amplified. And Jesus said, Who is it who touched me? When all were denying it, Peter and those who were with him said, Master, the multitude surround you and press you on every side. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I perceived that healing power has gone forth from me. When you and I read the word touch, we think of it, we've taught this for years. We think of a light, gentle, faint tap with a finger or a hand. Secular dictionaries confirm the definition. However, that's not the definition found in Strong's Concordance. The Greek word for touched is G680. G680. It means to fasten to oneself to, adhere to, cling to. Cling to like a bulldog. That's exactly. Although they didn't use the word. If you want God to move in your life, and especially in your finances, it's going to take more than a light touch of faith. You need to fasten, adhere to, and cling to His Word, making it one with you. Too many believers think a light touch, momentary embrace of the Word, is going to be a panacea to solve all their problems. That's not necessarily so. If you want to feel or experience the supernatural power of God in your life, you have to reach out and grab a hold of the word and not mm-hmm. let it go. Just like we taught yesterday. Yes. Seek and keep on seeking. That's right. Ask and keep on asking. Number six, how long do I have to put up with this? Wow. Wouldn't you hate to have Jesus say that to you? Do you ever teach or tell your kids to do something only to have them fail to follow your instructions? Or do the next, you know, do the thing you knew that they know how to do, like brush your teeth every day. Okay. How does it make you feel? Are you frustrated? Were you puzzled as to why they don't do what you knew they could do? Matthew 17, 17. Matthew 17, 17 in the Message Bible says, Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God. No focus to your lives. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. He ordered the afflicting demon out, and it was out, gone. From that moment on, the boy was well. 
Have you ever wondered how Jesus feels about what we're doing for him? Great question. Number seven, why do you want, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? There is one question Jesus asked that appears in seven verses in Scripture. It's the one question he asked more than any other. Matthew 20, 32. Matthew 20, 32, the Living Bible. When Jesus came to the place where they were, he stopped in the road and called. What do you want me to do for you? Sir, they said, we want to see. What do you want? Can you think about that? Can you write it down? We want to encourage you to do just that, to think about that question. If Jesus were to ask you, what do you want? How would you respond? We need to be specific in our request. We serve a God of specificity. If you want a raise, how much of a raise do you want? If you want a new car, what kind of car do you want? What color is it? What kind of seats does it have? What kind of electronic toys will be on that car? If you want to serve God or be a blessing to a church or ministry, be specific. What do you want me to do for you is a question that he asked them. But, honey, he's asking us that today as well. And boy, do I have questions. Okay. But we need to think about it. Think about it. Hallelujah. Well, until tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Bye-bye.